Hello everyone, it's uh, the Wine Hour. Thank you for joining us for the finale of uh, season one. So it's fantastic to be back for one last time uh, this summer for one hour of entertainment, discussion, uh, learning and discovery in the world of wine. Uh, the Wine Hour is a show that removes your wine anxiety. Now, some people were asking me, uh, what is the show really about? And I was trying to find the way to describe it. And it kind of dawned on me, uh, there was something that uh, Eric Asimov said in our uh, number eight, uh, the, the wine hour number eight, about remystifying wine, about finding the way of that mystery, because there are things that you can't really rationalize. Okay, if I were to ask you, why do you love your partner? You would say, well, my partner is a great person, 5'5", five five, with black hair, brown eyes, funny person, athletic body, uh, whatever it is. But at, at the end of the day, you're rationalizing because what is really about love in this case is that it just feels right. But sometimes you are really trying to put words into how things are going. But when it comes to wine, people are also trying to rationalize. And, you know, some people are interested in that and it's all fine. But I think it's much more interesting to actually start to, to let ourselves go just for the pleasure of what wine is really about, which is really a drink that is social, a drink that helps us discover people, um, get together with people. And, and this is basically what, uh, what wine is all about. So let's remystify wine. Let's remove that wine anxiety. And whether you like wine or not, it's fine. It's not because some expert have told you that you should like this wine, that you should like it. So you're coming in a safe space. This is what the Wine Hour is all about and um, where we're coming you. So today's topic, Uncork, the wine dream team will share their most important uh, lessons on the wine news trends of the past six to 12 months. Then it's on to License to Taste, where uh, you will learn about how to create a different kind of wine cellar, something that costs you $500, but tastes like 10,000. Uh, and there you can also ask any kind of questions you want. And finally, in Have a Drink With Me, uh, we'll have a talk with the Wine Dream team so you get to know them a bit more. Um, now, before you, we start, let, let me introduce you to the cast of the show. It's the moment you all have been waiting for. Um, coming from our virtual studio that is scattered across the world with uh, a certain predominance in the US these days, uh, the one and only Wine Dream team. And uh, we start in the old continent. We welcome from Paris our wine encyclopedia, <laughs> Mrs. Tanisha. Townsend. Hi, good evening, Tanisha. Good evening. How are you? I'm okay. Okay. What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a rosé champagne. And oh, nice. um, I don't know much about this producer. It just was a half bottle and I wanted a rosé. So and it just tastes good. Cheers. Next, we welcome the honorary member of the Wine Dream Team, Mr. Ray Isle, coming from New York City. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back. <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking um, a uh, 2010 uh, Chateau Cambon La Palouse, okay. um, which is the Cru Bourgeois um, uh, from Bordeaux, which was kind of in in the falls into the question of a seller that um, doesn't cost five million dollars but tastes like five million dollars. <laughs> okay, because um, it's drinking really, really well, and it's not that expensive. Okay, great. And now, still in the U.S., we are welcoming our transplant to the U.S. He just landed there, I think, yesterday or something like that. Uh, he's in Long Island. Is our very own Mr. Akosh Hotsek. Good afternoon, Akosh. Good afternoon to you, and good evening, everyone. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's nice and warm, and we will talk about other things. But now the uh, Jamie sent over the fires, uh, smoke, <laughs> which disappeared yesterday. Until yesterday, the sun was red. Oh, yeah. The entire New York area was covered with smoke coming from Oregon and from California. Yeah. Uh, not. Last but not least, coming from Sonoma, our very own uh, Jamie Arojo. <laughs> and what are you drinking? Well, I didn't ask Akosh what you were drinking. Ah, sorry. I'm drinking beer. Well, it's fine. It's hot here. <laughs> Anything. I'm drinking an Irish, oh, yeah. Irish something. And I, I guess, Jimmy, you're hydrating. Beer. You're hydrating. Okay, very yes. good. 
One of these days, I'll be, I'll no. be drinking at lunchtime when we do this. But. Yes. Now, if everyone is ready, just uh, grab a glass of wine, anything basically. And uh, we're going to toast uh, for the uh, finale. Cheers. Cheers. Now, relax and enjoy the show. Uncork is about the discussion on the wine trends and uh, news. And today is a bit special because we're going to be looking at uh, what the wine dream team thinks that were the most important trends or news in the wine world for the past uh, six to 12 months. Uh, now, we're just going to run a very quick poll uh, for the audience to see uh, for them what those things were. Uh, if they want to put some additions in the chat, you are more than welcome. And we'll check the answers at the very end. Uh, now. Before we start, um, there's a pleasure to have Philippe de Lursalus. So Philippe was uh, from Chateau de Fargue, was one of our special guests. And uh, it's such a pleasure for you that you were able to join us. Uh, I know summertime is, is always a busy uh, season. Um, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. What are the latest news for Chateau de Fargue? Rain has been pouring down um, uh, until uh, until a few uh, few days ago so so uh, fairly busy in the vineyard trying to trim and trim and trim all the wood that is uh, that is uh, uh, growing okay but, uh, but the good thing is uh, that we are seeing human beings uh, <laughs> again uh, and uh, and starting to travel uh, a little bit and, and enjoying wine with people who, oddly enough, enjoy wine as well. Okay, okay, thank you, it's nice. And actually, uh, there was an outbreak of mildew uh, in different places because it was very humid, and uh, which causes a big problem. And it's perfect segue, because I know that Akosh, for you, one of the things that is you know, the most important uh, things that is happening in the wine world is actually the climate change. Now, before we go on to that, I can only recommend you to listen to Philippe's uh, show, The Wine Hour. It's amazing. Okay? The story of the family, what he does, is actually absolutely amazing. So if you haven't had the chance to listen to it, uh, you can go on Spotify uh, and, uh, and check the, um, the Wine Hour with Philippe Bidio Salus. Thank you for being kind and, and popping by. And uh, if, if you want to intervene any kind of during the show, you're more than welcome. It's your house. The wine hours you Thank have. you. Thank you, Philippe. Thank you. Akosh, climate change, your big trend. Well, as I said, you know, to, uh, arriving to New York really showed me clearly that climate change is, is really uh, in, affecting areas uh, that are not even connected to, to wine. So if you look at the forest uh, fires that are happening and uh, we talked about it previously, uh, Ray, uh, there was the article about um, uh, Napa Valley in the New York Times, that uh, how difficult it is, and Jamie knows it better than anyone, to get insurance now uh, because of the fires. And uh, you have fires, and on the other side in Germany, a country is wiped out with water, and uh, you know wineries are being flooded hundred something people die because of war and it's not like you are in a third world country where they don't have the infrastructure we're talking germany the most organized country on earth and uh, and they can't cope with it and uh, and now there is another article that appeared two days ago which was about the fact that actually producing wine in england is becoming cheaper than making champagne because of climate change because uh, England is actually lending itself with its relatively moderate climate, even though it's quite hot there at the moment, uh, to a much better uh, way of making sparkling wine. Whereas 15 years ago, everybody was laughing about it, that they cannot make a decent sparkling wine. So, you know, the, the, the data that was valid a few years ago is no longer valid. And we see that natural catastrophes uh, occur because of the extreme, uh, the extreme weather that happens from one region to another and from one day to another as well within the same region. And that's, I think, is the biggest issue that we are facing at okay. the moment. So it's going to change completely the, uh, the wine industry. and the way Completely. And, and the winemakers have to change the way they do wine. They make wine. Otherwise, 
there will be no way impossible that the wines will be drinkable in below a certain level in the south or in Italy or in Portugal or in France unless they do it right they will do it differently because the wines will not be drinkable okay okay Ray what is yeah. your okay going to second Akosha's point yeah. I think climate change is absolutely um, it, it's huge it's essential we're doing a ton of work here in Napa um, and Sonoma obviously UC Davis is doing a ton of work on everything from um, water usage and recycling to you know um, pruning the vines differently in order to farm for drought in order to farm for um, different, you know, pest control and all kinds of things. So um, certainly we have been on the front lines of extreme weather and extreme, extreme events, especially obviously last year. Um, but there's a ton of work being done. Um, and I'm very hopeful. I do think we have a very special sort of microclimate here. Um, not that we're immune in any way, shape or form, but I think we do have a future here in Napa, but we are going to have to look at things differently and winemakers need to look at things differently. Okay. And, um, and there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And okay. it's, and it is interesting too. And in that, I mean, the, a lot of the work that's being done, which is great is, is long-term work is looking ahead to, you know, what, what are things to be like in 50 or 60 years? The, the problem is that a lot of what's happening with climate change too, is the increased levels of unpredictability, which, you know, you have heat spikes in Napa, you have things like the floods in Germany, where even, with sort of advanced preparation, you get hit with these climate events that are um, unpredictable and can't 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 be prepared for, which is disconcerting as well. Of course, climate change is you know larger problem than just wine too. <laughs> We've got a, it's a very very big problem that affects everything, but it's 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 massive. Um, yeah, and the problem is that it's it's fast. You know, it's this is happening not as if it's happening. You know, you have like a few years to get ready. Those those events are just popping up left and right, and and for you to get. I mean, ready think about it. You had the frost that wiped out Europe, right? Now you have the flood that wipes out Europe, right. and you have the fires that that that, that are raging around in America. I mean, come on, you know, no no, is going to come with his you know barge and just take two, two pieces of everyone and just go away with it because frankly at, at its rate at this rate it's crazy you know i mean right but which which grape variety is he going to take that's the question that's debatable that's debatable yes <laughs> you know cabernet you know yeah. well, no i mean it has felt very biblical for sure this last yeah. uh six to twelve months or 18 months even yeah. um for a lot of reasons but uh i do also think that in a way, um, you know, our industry, we're usually very slow to act. We're slow to change. Uh, and I think one of the silver linings of all of the catastrophic events of the last 18 months is that people have been much more open to changing quickly and to doing things better and differently, whether it's, you know, technology because of the pandemic or, um, you know, farming more responsibly because of climate change. And, and I think that is certainly something that will hopefully benefit um, everyone long-term. Okay, let's, let's do a quick round. So Akash, for you, it's climate change. Ray, what is for you the major trend? And then we'll, we'll come back to the conversation. I mean, honestly, I, would, I, I don't remember what I said when we were planning things, but I'd probably say climate change as well. I, okay. I think it's, it's, it's a, uh, it, it, the, the effects are so vast, it's hard to argue that it's, truly, truly significant. Uh, whether it's the whether it's gotten worse in the past six months, it's such a long-term trend, it's kind of hard to say. Okay. It just seems to be uh, accumulating force as it goes. Okay. Jamie, what is your most important trend? Well, I, for the wine industry in the last six to 12 months, I honestly think inclusive, inc <laughs> diversity and inclusion um, okay. are, are certainly the, the two biggest, th the, the biggest issue that really has changed our industry um, okay. in a positive way. Okay, Tanisha? I agree with Jamie on this one, um, as far as the biggest thing happening in the wine industry, because that's something, diversity inclusion is something that can be done faster than fixes for climate change. And it's okay. something recognize is an issue right now and they can make a change right now. Whereas okay. climate change, you can't fix that. Yet. 
Okay, so they're and kind of interesting. The two guys are on climate change and the two ladies <laughs> on it's, diversity it's, uh, inclusion. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's gender-driven in this case, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, Antoine's you know, trying to start stuff. Mm -hmm. no, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just observing. But, uh, I'm checking out. I'm going to bring my wife. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it's, it's all right, right middle-aged white guy. Yeah, that's right. We're, uh, we, we're canceled. Um, but, <laughs> But it's a. Uh, it is interesting because it's. I mean, di the the questions of diversity and inclusion are things that can be addressed immediately. You know, it's it. You can you can change hiring practices and you can change things like that by by simply deciding to change them. I mean, it takes. It's an uphill climb and it takes work and it takes changing people's mind. Whereas changing climate, like reversing climate change is not something that any one person can do. You can plan for it or you can try and create strategies for it, but it's a, it's a different, um, uh, it's a, it's a extinction scale um, issue, I guess okay. you would say. Yeah, but um, see, I, I, but I, I would disagree to an extent, right? Just in that I think pre George Floyd, pre last year and COVID and everybody being home and stuck on their screens all the time. Um, diversity and inclusion, every, a lot of people gave that same reason for why they can't change things. Oh, it's such a big issue. Like one person can't do anything. And what I do doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's, it's a bigger, it's a systemic yeah, thing. Not, um, and I think whether it's climate change or diversity inclusion, everybody can do something today every yeah. single one of us. And the only way those things actually get better over time is if we all do what we can do. Okay, one question about- It's down diversity. off the That's totally fair. That's, yeah, that's about true. diversity <laughs> and inclusion. Is it, I just is got it very excited about that. Yeah. Is it, but, is I mean, it, there are things we can't, like gravity, we can't actually fix. You know, that, that, that one's gonna be hard. Yeah, Bezos is, uh, is fixing Bezos, it. It's going, gonna say. <laughs> it's going in space. Yeah. Took his little weenie rocket yeah. and went. That's right. The, the, the diversity inclusion is it more? I know it's it's an issue everywhere, but is it more an awareness thing that happened more in the U.S. than in Europe or in the rest of the world, or do you see Absolutely. it as a global trend? It's to be a global trend. I mean, it should, no, no, it should I know be it has to be a global trend, but is it? It, it a is. Global it's, trend? It's, it's unavoidable. There will be societies that will be lagging behind. And no disrespect to all my Arab friends, but you know, if you look at the Muslim world, I mean, Jesus, you, you know, that's well, yeah, go to Mecca, Mecca, and do a hijra, and then you can see what's going on there. But the point is that, uh, it's as the know, Hungarian, well, I grew up <laughs> as you know, I speak Arabic, I studied the Quran for four years, so you know, it's, it's just the way life is. But the point is that, you know, um, I, I noticed that, uh, um, one thing which Barack Obama said in one of uh, his uh, speak speeches that uh, he said um, the difference between my generation, he said, and our do my our daughter's generation is that our daughter's generation cannot conceive that they can treat people differently for whatever reason, whether there's gender or um, or, or you know or racial origin or sexual whatever orientation. For them, it's and I see that in my daughter as well at the age of sixteen. For her, it's just a person, end of story, they don't care. And that gives me hope that hopefully the Trump generation is gonna die out soon. And my our generation is edging towards the end as well. And hopefully their generation who have clearly have been exposed to a lot more diversity and openness than we have been, especially guy like me who grew up behind the Iron Curtain. Um, and they will be able to change the world. I really hope so. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 hope let's hope that for things that we have control over, we'll be able to actually impact them. Tanisha, in, and in by France, the way, those, those yeah, same ahead, kids, ahead. speaking for myself, those same kids are extremely vocal about climate change and about Very. the choices mm -hmm. we need to be making. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I I'm waiting for Gen Z to take over. We'll okay. be better. And I think it's interesting because I think they're going to buy wine differently in some ways too, that those issues are going to affect their choices when it comes to wine, because it certainly affects their choices in other um, contexts uh, of, of buying products and so on. So we're already getting those questions. Yeah. yeah. What do you Nisha, what the, do, what do you in, in, in France, do you see that issue of diversity and inclusion being put forward a lot or it's something that is a bit on the back burner there? 
being put forward by people, yes. And the government pushing back, absolutely. Um, they like to look at it here as that's an American problem and uh, those are American ideas and those should not be discussed in France as if French people could not have their own mind and realize that they weren't be treated fairly on their own. But they look at that as that's an American thing and we don't have that problem here. Ooh, look at America. But I'm like, no, look at yourself, France. You. Do you think that's also a like, because the history rather than, you know, obviously slavery, which is our history here, theirs is more of a colonial history that they don't really want to talk about or deal with? Absolutely, absolutely. But they were the ones selling the slaves, huh? <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm, like, sure, I'm sure the, the one buying. Family, so, you know. yeah. family was selling some slaves somewhere, Philip, right? At some point. No, 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 no really? we've, never, we've never done that. We, we, we would have been in touch with you, Akash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are good traders in Hungary. We have done a lot of bad things, but we never, ever, you know, colonized another nation. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> okay, ju ju just one thing, you know, uh, Philippe and Akash are very good friends. So, and they, they like to hit at each other. So it's, okay, no, maybe not good friends. Okay, used to be, or... Hey. No, you don't no, no, we, we know one another. Uh, okay, okay. So, Quite intimately. <laughs> Sorry about that. I love the chat. <laughs> uh, just very quickly, the result of the poll, uh, climate change, 53% for them. Yes. Uh, for the audience is... <laughs> You're very competitive, right. of course. Yes. You're super right. competitive. Man, climate okay. change is horrible. Right. He's cheering climate change. Yeah. There's there, I, maybe there's more. I don't know if there's more women or men in the audience. I didn't look at it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Was, uh, inclusion yeah. in diversity, 33%. Uh, by dynamic uh, organic movement that is, you know, uh, being more vocal, 7%. Other, uh, 7%. Okay. Um, I mean, I think you could fairly say that those probably are the the two big issues, though. Um, that yeah. I, mean, I can't think of one that was left out that would be of similar weight and and concern to people. So, you know, whether 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 more people are concerned about climate change or more people are concerned about inclusive diversity and inclusion, or whether we're all equally concerned with it, those are those are the the big things. Um, okay. So we, we then telling the audience too that we we restricted we said the pandemic couldn't be yeah yeah the pandemic was out yeah. yeah in case you're wondering if we just forgot about COVID no no, we, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just yeah with yeah. the pandemic but but <laughs> one of the questions uh, and before we go to your thumbs up and thumbs down is these are the big things that happen you know big trends in the wine industry and, and in the world in general have you seen changes since the last twelve months yes yes absolutely massive. Huge, 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 huge. And whether it's um, the, the people who are working in the industry, the people who are coming to visit us, um, obviously it's not, nothing is fixed, like nothing is okay. We still have a lot of work to do, um, but it's been really extraordinary watching the, the wine community um, grow and, and change. Uh, and it, it gives me lots of hope for the future. It needs to, the only thing is it just needs to not be uh, something that happened while we were having a pandemic and now back to your regular scheduled programming, right? It has to be something that is sustainable and, and continues to go forward, but no, definitely. Okay. Okay. Uh, if no one wants to add anything, we'll go to your thumbs up and your thumbs down. Uh, Tanisha, what are your thumbs up and thumbs down? Man, okay. I knew you were going to come to me first and I don't have it yet. Come that, to me. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, okay. This, this is like sure. this is like the, the people with the menus at the table. And like, <laughs> no, come to him. I, I'll and I'm never I'm ready. ready. I'm always like, oh, get go to him. Okay. So let's. Okay, Ray, are you ready? Who me? Yeah. No. no, no. <laughs> okay. Akash, are you ready? <laughs> all right. So first of all, my 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 thumbs up is uh, that I am I've broken out of the United Kingdom, and I entered the United States, and. You just got to love the fact in America, you know, you, you can dislike the Americans, but geez, it's really great to be here. I have to say, I, oh, I missed it so much. You know, when you go in somewhere and you get a cup of coffee and it starts at 24 ounce, that's the small, you say, I love that. This is great. You know, <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> okay. And, you know, thumbs down is that still human stupidity rules the world. They almost didn't let me on the flight because they asked me uh, for my marriage certificate because I'm not American. 
And therefore, how am I, how do I dare to travel with a woman who bears my name and a daughter who bears my name and said, can you prove you're married to them? I said, I've been married for 24 years to this woman. I don't carry my marriage certificate with me anymore. Thank you very much. That was the uh, US customs or the British? has no limits. Unbelievable. So that was my thumbs down. But anyway, we're here. Okay. Jamie. Um... Well, I mean, I think honestly, my thumbs up has been this podcast, um, bearing in mind that I actually originally thought I was signing up for one episode and I didn't do the fine print. <laughs> me too, by the way. Every two weeks. <laughs> 17 episodes later. Oh, but this has been fabulous. This has been so great. And Antoine, I want to say a huge thank you because, you know, getting this Motley crew together every two weeks is, talk about herding cats. Um, but you've done an amazing job. We've had great guests. We've had wonderful conversation and getting to know all of you better has just been a joy. So that is my huge thumbs up. Thumbs down is that it's, it's just hot and dry here. It's really hot and really dry. Okay. And that's scary these days because of climate change. Yes. So, um, yeah, so just hold a good thought for us and, um, looking forward to harvest and just fingers crossed that everything stays on fire not okay. on fire fingers crossed bray uh thumbs down um one of my favorite restaurants in new york um and one of the great wine restaurants anywhere um racines is closing at the end of the month um no yeah it's it's it sucks um the chef the chef uh, wants to spend more time with his fairly recently born child, which is fair. And they, they've gone through four chefs and they're like, we just need to reset. The thumbs up is that they are going to reopen as something else um, sometime toward the end of the year. So it's not gone forever. And my okay. friend Pascaline's amazing seller will still be, you know, available to people once they reopen, but it's, it, I've had a lot of wonderful dinners with, particularly with people in the wine business at that restaurant. And I'm going to, I'm going to miss it very much. Yeah. You realize when things are very important when they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 a, I went there last night for the final okay. <laughs> dinner and I, the definite moment of sadness there. Okay. Nice. Tanisha, now you had time to think about it. Yes. And just like in a restaurant, when other people order in front of me, I order what they order. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to agree with Jamie. My thumbs up is this podcast. This has been fantastic. This has been something that I look forward to. This has stretched me. This has taught me. Um, and I just really enjoy doing this. Okay. And my thumbs down is Akosh is in America with the big coffee and I am not. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> so, That's my thumbs down. Yep. Okay, fair enough. Now, well, what's uh, your thumbs up and thumbs down, Antoine? Sorry? What's your thumbs up and thumbs down? That's right, Jamie. Get them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't prepare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wing it. Quick, quick. Beat, yeah. beat. Okay, so my, 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 my thumbs up is, is really... Um, but I wanted to leave it later, but it's okay. It's, I am okay, blessed. No, no, no. I'm blessed to have you guys on the show because oh, the come show... Come on. No, no. It's got to be better than that. Okay, besides you, okay, but the, the <laughs> others. <laughs> okay, the Akash, you're not being renewed, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the show. Wouldn't, another the show wouldn't exist without you guys, and I'm so grateful uh, for your uh, for your candidness and for your uh, you know uh, your giving it all. And it, I think it's wonderful to uh, thank you, thank you for that. And my thumbs down is, uh, well, actually, I don't have any thumbs down, okay? I, I prefer to look at the way the world, on the bright side, because there's so many dark things around, but yeah, it's better to look at the, uh, the bright side. So thank you uh, to uh, the four of you uh, and, and to our guests as well, uh, like Phil Boulier-Salus as well. <laughs> he's drinking, he's not even listening. <laughs> okay, so Ray? Akosh, yes. Jimmy, thank you very much. And uh, we'll uh, see you in uh, September for the beginning of uh, season two. And now it's on to License to Taste with Tanisha Thompson. Good evening, Tanisha. Hello, hello. I'm saying hello like I just got here. But. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Hi. You doing well? I'm good, yes. Okay, so big ask. Uh, 
huge ass. A $500 wine cellar that tastes like $10,000, like something different, something under the radar. Did you so put it out? We may have oversold the 10,000, but it's okay. okay. It's fine. <laughs> we may, we may have oversold it, but. Okay. So what is the, go ahead. So what is the, how is your wine cellar? Uh, what is the mean? Okay. So starting with, it's be 12 bottles. So a case. Um, and uh, I don't think people drink sparkling enough, but people know champagne, but a lot of people don't necessarily know Blanquette de Limoux. So uh, that is the sparkling that I'm selecting Blanc, to Blanc, start. Which one? What, what do you, how do you spell that? Blanquette de Oh, I'll type these in. Yeah. I'll cut and paste it and put okay. it in the chat. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Some brands that you can find pretty um, easily, Saint-Hilaire and Antep, you can okay. find them. But as um, the ancestral method, they use that to make it. And so that's something. Now, mind you, when I say this as seller, I mean seller like put it downstairs, not like hold it for years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, something to be, to, you know. To right. Be, I'm like, know. let me clarify the seller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. This. To be able to, you know, to have right. a wine collection. Seller as in another room, not yes. seller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be able to another drink decade. That. Yeah. But to have a variety of wines that are, you know, basically that you have the gamut that you can, you know, uh, take care of any kind of occasions with the wines or the sparkling wines or the champagnes that you have. Next, um, uh, a white wine, uh, Vino Verde, because it's summer. I like Vino Verde. It's uh, very refreshing and crisp and light. Um, Broadbent is a good uh, producer to have for that one. So that's a part of my selection. It's something that is light that you can drink on its own. Friends come over, you want to drink something out on the patio or out on the porch and just drink it and not really get too in-depth and think about it. Because some wines you want to talk about and discuss and just sit with this. You can drink and just still have your girlfriend conversations, your guy conversations and, you know, do that kind of thing. Okay. Keeping with the white theme. Next, an Italian white, uh, Gavi from La Scolta. Oh, she because, was our guest, course, our special guest. Because she was a guest number, number three. made from the Cortese grape. It's very crisp and refreshing, also bone dry, which is how I like my wine. Next up, a Riesling from Germany, because people probably thought this list would be largely French, but I'm going to prove you slightly wrong. Okay. But uh, German Riesling, cabinet style, high acidity with the floral aromas, uh, hints of minerality. Um, Egon Mueller or J.J. Prune? Okay, like a computer, probably Akosh will 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 say yes. <laughs> of course he would. So, chapeau to you, sir. This a personal favorite of mine. White wines from the Jura. Okay. So, whether they are the Sauvignon or Chardonnay or a blend of the two, I really enjoy the um, the flavor of those. I know it's different and slightly oxidized, that kind of thing, similar in style to a sherry, but I enjoy them with hard cheeses with nuts um, or with um, cured meats. Okay. And Jura is a bit under the radar. I know some people know about it, but it's a bit under the radar. Very under the radar. And I like Domaine Rollet or Domaine Bold. Yeah. I like those producers for it. And uh, uh, next we're moving in changing colors. We're doing a a light red and we're in the the bougie region. So still around Jura, but bougie Ceridone. So sparkling. Slightly sweet. This is a wine, and I add this to the list because this is a wine that is really good for people who are not sure they really like wine, who really like a sweeter style wine. Because if you think about, and my clientele is mostly American, if you think about what Americans drink in general, just the drinks are sweeter. The juices, the pop, all of that. So Bougie Ceridone, a blend of Gamay and Pulsard, slightly sparkling. Another lighter style rosé, we cannot have a cellar without a wine from Trois Noirs. <laughs> add the rosé in your cellar, splurge a little bit. I mean, we got $500, so I want you to add that one. Okay. On to the reds, Campo Viejo, they're Rioja. Okay. Negro Amaro, because I was in Italy and fell in love with this grape, uh, IGP Salento. So put that in. Uh, Malbec from Catena. Okay. Clearly. The royal guest. 
duh. What? There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no commercial relationship with any one of these. I just don't <laughs> with that. No, just no. These are just things that I would yeah. actually put in a cellar if I had it. Yeah. Uh, and then a Tokai from, you know, I can't pronounce. Sepshi. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, lastly, take it back to France with the Vin du Naturel, uh, a Mori. Because I love Grenache. If anyone knows me, they know that I love okay. Grenache. And so uh, a sweet style to end it, but a red for Mori. And so that's what I would put in um, my cellar. Okay, so what we will Make do... Make me some money. These are 12 that I would absolutely add. Okay, so what we will do is we'll put the names on them. We'll share that with, with you through email uh, so that you, you have the list of all the different wines uh, to be available uh, so we can check them out. Not everyone, not all of them are available in Europe or in the U.S. for that matter. Uh, some of them are available everywhere, but not all of them. But anyway, just starts to give you, uh, to give you an idea. And yes. Akash can chime in if... Thumb, thumbs up or thumbs down. He can put that in the chat because I don't know if he said it to me in my face. I might cry, but you know. If it's You've done very well. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Well, you, you, had, you had the magic word, Egon Müller, and Sepshi. And Sepshi. <laughs> in one word. Come on. What else do you want, right? It's yeah. all good, you know? And yeah. Antoine. Antoine. And, and, and what, about, what about, I think there's one missing. There's a sauterne. Yeah. Some rotten grape wine yeah, over there. Yeah, there they? should be some, some uh, Chateau de Fargue. <laughs> yeah, that was the splurge. I was like, I think I was going over my budget. So, yeah, but it's, yeah. It, it's, it's, and there's over, something And else. over the French wines. That's why I was like, oh, I'm missing one. Talk to Akosh. <laughs> Talk to Akosh. He'll fix something. Yes, indeed. Okay. I can help you out with the splurge. <laughs> okay. And that uh, is honorable mention. That is the honorable okay. mention. Okay. Okay. You're one minute. Are okay. you are you you ready? You you want to do it? Well, I mean, I don't want to do it, but like I have to, right? <laughs> no, you don't have to. <laughs> like, is like, that in the hat is works? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, it's always you know it's it's a free state. You feel like it? Oh yeah, it's fine. Okay, ready? Yes. Go. Okay. So my wine minute is kind of what you just mentioned about how um, all the wines aren't available everywhere. So I encourage people to whatever I mentioned, whether it's the grape or the region, um, use it as a guide to try something else if you can't find that or even to try new things. Maybe the same grape from a different region, like I mentioned the Malbec from Catena and Argentina, maybe try Malbec from France. Um, I mentioned the Egon Mueller Riesling, maybe try Riesling from Finger Lakes, New York, um, or other wines and grapes from the same producer. I love the Negro Amaro that I tasted from a particular winery in Italy. Okay, maybe try a Nero Davolo or something like that from uh, the Puglia region as well. It's also cool to taste things kind of side by side to get an idea of what you like and be able to articulate that. So there you go. Well, that was a minute. <laughs> Thank you, Tanisha. Oh, last thought, drink what you like. Yeah. At the end of the day, drink what you like. Exactly. Thank you very much, Tanisha. And uh, we'll, well, we'll see you in September for season two. Uh, now, but last but not least, uh, have a drink with me with the wine drink team. Today we are going to do something a bit uh, a bit special. So a lot of people were actually wondering who is the wine dream team? Uh, <laughs> who are they? Uh, and I know there have been interviews, long form interviews with them, all of them except Akosh. Uh, but I'm not going to go and ask you to to actually go and check them out. Actually, you should. They're nice. Uh, but it's it's really about. Uh, getting to know them a bit more. And I think that um, coming from the music side could be actually an interesting one. And I want to start with, with a, a song that has been chosen by Tanisha. So this is uh, with Kid uh, featuring Thames uh, Essence, uh, all coming from Nigeria. So Tanisha, why have you chosen this song? Uh, it is... 
a genre of music called Afrobeats. And like, when I hear that, I can't sit still. Like you literally played two notes and I could not put my hands down. Uh, so it's something that just, if I'm about to go out or um, I'm getting ready or I just need a little pep, I play that and I'm just, you know. Okay, so for for people just to, to, to know you a bit more, mm -hmm. uh, born and raised in Chicago. Yes. Then you discovered wine in a very strange way. Now there's a there's an anecdote, and I love this one. Uh, how it really started the first time you spoke to an expert uh, in a trade show of wine, and and that specific happening is just is. Anyway, go ahead. It's probably how a lot of people talk or want to talk, but don't feel like they can. But my first conversation was at a wine festival in Maryland because I got into wine. Um, later on and I lived in DC at the time and there are a lot of wineries in Maryland and Virginia. So I was at a wine festival in Maryland called Wine in the Woods and I was speaking to this particular winemaker and the wine just kind of blew me away. I didn't know it would be this important in my life. I have no idea who I was talking to or what the wine was so I'm sorry for all of that. But the flavors, I was like I'm getting strawberry and cherry and raspberry and I was getting these flavors and I was like so how does this happen in the wine? I'm like so you put strawberries in it? And the guy was like, no. I was like, so you put strawberry juice into the wine, like when you make the grapes and that's how it happens. I was like, no. I'm like, so you filter straw, you filter it through strawberries? Also no. Okay, so you grow strawberries next to the grapes and <laughs> the flavor gets into it that way. And then he's like, okay, ma'am, thank you for coming by the stand. We <laughs> like, I don't have time to try to work this out with you. So, okay, clearly I need to know more. So afterwards I asked my dear friend, Google, um, how that actually worked out with the flavors. And then I promptly enrolled in the um, WSET, that enrolled in the level two course. Yeah. And the rest is history. So basically you can be, you can have any starting point on wine. It doesn't really matter. And it's fine. It's just, it's just fine because there's so no, all these questions are just, you know, legitimate somehow, because if you don't know about it, so it's, it's fine. So you grew up in the wine afterwards. And, yes. and why is it such a nice industry to be in? Um, I like it because I feel like I belong here. Um, this is something that I've been able to use skills that I have and I've been able to kind of fine tune those into the career and the things that I do now. And this is something that I'm good at. I did tech before and I mean, I was fine. I got the job done, but this, where I am now, what I'm doing, I excel at this. And so I want to keep going. I keep getting opportunities here. I feel comfortable. I keep meeting people. Things just keep happening. And so I know I'm in the right place and I'm doing the right things. Okay. Uh, and what don't you like in, in that industry? Um, well, how do I say this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like people being so surprised when they see me. Um, I don't like people not expecting me to be a wine professional. And what I mean by that is I still walk into events and I'm like, oh, my name is on the list. They're like, oh, but this is the professional list. Right. Um, so Tanisha Townsend, do you have a reservation for that? Do you have the RSP? Yeah, right. But this is the professional list. But my name is on it. So can we just let me in? Like, okay. I don't having to do that so discrimination it's there okay yes i mean of course some people would say like oh it's not discrimination they don't really know you i'm like mm, doesn't matter my name's on the list i'm standing here i've showed you my id let's continue forward okay well yeah i can understand that this is something that is not first of all not acceptable and that is really uh more than bothering thank you for this, and we're going to move on to the next talking heads, cross-eyed and painless. Ray Isle, why have you chosen the song? Um, I chose the song because I love the song. Um, that's one reason. And I think um, talking heads were a huge influence on my uh, youth, I guess. Um, and, and then I also recently saw David Byrne um, right before the pandemic started on Broadway doing his um, uh, sh the show he was doing on Broadway, where he in fact played some of the earlier Talking Heads thing. And I also think it's an interesting, you know, Talking Heads in that era and they're working with Brian Eno, they were, they were 
actually influenced a lot by Afrobeat stuff by Fela Kuti and people like that. And in the realm of like commentary on this, a couple of years ago, Angelia Kijo, who's um, a, mm-hmm. a singer from Benin, redid the entire album um, as an African woman um, saying, sort of, it's a commentary in a way saying this was an album that was influenced by, you know, by where I come from. And, but at the same time, I mean, she did a, an amazing job of redoing it. So it's great fun to listen to the two versions side by side. Um, okay. And, uh, and it's, it's both a kind of a critique and an homage, I think at the same time. And, okay. uh, you know, so, um, but that's why. Also, just that song like makes me want to get up and move around. Um, what kind of wine would you drink on that song? Um, that's an interesting question. Oh, champagne. Uh, you know, it's always good to have champagne when songs that make you want to move. So bubbly um, and, and all. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so there was an interview. Uh, it was uh, Ray was our special guest in uh, number four of the Wine Hour, and so you can listen to it extensively. Uh, briefly, uh, he comes from a, a creative writing from a writing background. Uh, yeah. And he's been the wine senior executive editor of Food and Wine magazine uh, for quite a long time. Uh, and uh, usually, it's rare to stay l- that long in such position. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very unusual to end up in magazine jobs for that long. And I'm, I'm very lucky. I mean, I, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to both that I've been able to stay at Food and Wine for so long, and that it's such a ple- such a great place to work too. I've had great right. colleagues all the way through. And I think a little bit of the reason I've stayed is that in some sense, food and wine is, is, is probably food and wine. And okay. there are a lot of food editors and that's the dominant part of the magazine. And so I do my, my esoterica about wine and, and to some degree get left alone, which is, which is just fine. Um, so um, that helps too. So what is the part that you enjoy the most uh, in your work? in being in the wine industry what is the thing that really really makes you wake up in the morning every day and you just say wow um well two things i mean I, you know and as a writer um the th- i found wine to be an inexhaustible topic i mean if you get tired of of writing about the flavor of wine you can write about the business of wine or you can write about the way it works with environmental concerns or you can write about you know um history uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. it's an it's an endless subject Um, it's a lens through which you can look at a lot of things. And then the other thing that, that, that actually pulled me out of academia and into the wine business was not only love of wine, but I just, I really like the people in the business. I, you know, it's a community that, um, you know, it has some work to do certainly in terms of inclusiveness and so on. But the nice thing is the work that work is happening. I think that there are a lot of really good people in the business who, who treat each other well and, and love wine. It's an unusual business because people, who get into wine, nobody really graduates with a, you know, humanities degree. And it's like, Oh, I don't know what to do. I guess I'll hell with it. I could just go into wine, I guess. Oh, well, you know, unlike law or something like that. So, so the, the, the um, investment level in the actual subject is high for people who are in the wine okay. business. And what do you, what don't you like the most in this? Um, I don't like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very, I'm, I'm honestly kind of, conflicted about the, the simple fact that wine has alcohol in it and that alcohol is, you know, if you drink too much alcohol, it's problematic and it contributes to drunk driving and so on and so forth. But I don't know how you would having, having recently written about non-alcohol in alcoholic wines, they're better than they used to be, but they're still pretty horrible. <laughs> so you, kind of need, you kind of need the alcohol in the process. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I think there are, I, I, I don't, love the kind of investment side of wine and the, and the, you know, obsession with point scores and all that crap. I, I'm okay. much more interested in drinking it myself. Okay. Nice. Thank you. Great. Sure. And, uh, and I may just so you know, I, yeah. because I have a, 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 I basically have a work conflict. I may have to bow out in about five yeah. minutes. It's, right. it's okay. I will, I will, okay. you know, Bow out gracefully. <laughs> yeah. In, in case, in case we missed for the people questionnaire, you can always listen to his answers from the interview we had. This is true, and they're very exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. And now uh, the next, Erika Miklosa, uh, the choice from uh, Akos Forzek uh, from the uh, Enchanted Flute. Der Höhle Rache kocht in meinem Herzen. Hell's vengeance is boiling in my heart. Do you have anything special why you chose that one? <laughs> well, Miklos Erika is um, 
she's two years younger than me and uh, she went to my high school so on my high school graduation they she sang at the age of 16 in front of 500 people and uh, she had I, it was the first time i ever heard her sing in public and uh, it was outdoors not indoors and she filled whatever air there was there at the age of 16 and it gave me goosebumps at that time mm. and i followed her career ever since and she has now she doesn't sing anymore as a professional opera singer but when she was singing that uh one time Pavarotti heard her and from that moment onwards he was not performing unless she was singing that part in the opera yeah she's she's got an amazing and she still she she still gives me goosebumps when she sings that song that part is amazing definitely and what kind of wine would you drink with that song with this anything man i don't care i don't think i i even have the time to drink with this while this stuff i just open my mouth and just go <laughs> just okay. unbelievable okay fair enough so akosh fortsake uh akosh is uh, is based in uh, london um he uh, started 21 years ago uh top yep. selection wine i said correctly yeah uh, which is a, a fine wine merchant in the UK, and he has been voted uh, four times uh, in a row uh, best uh, fine wine merchant by the UK sommelier. And definitely, there's a passion for wine. He's been working in the industry for a very, very long time. Uh, why is it so interesting? Why? What is the drive for you to work in in that industry? Why the wine industry? What is so special about it? Because you could have done almost anything. Well, I, yes, I mean, I'm an economist, I'm a lawyer by trade, I have an MBA from INSEAD, so I'm supposed to be a banker or a consultant. But um, because my first job ever was, uh, and the only time I've ever been employed was by Hennessy Cognac, I lived in Cognac for four years, and I was the first Eastern European area manager for Hennessy and Moti Chandon after the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1991, so from 92 to 96. And uh, I don't know, I just fell in love with the industry. And uh, after I finished INSEAD, instead of going to work for McKinsey or Johnson & Johnson or HSBC, I decided to become an entrepreneur. And um, one thing led to the other. I really, wine came late to me, even though wine has been in my family forever, because my great-grandfather between the two wars, he was the number one wine connoisseur of the uh, country. The Hungarian emperor only drank the wine that he pre-tasted. Uh, I still have his uh, 1924 wine merchant certificate on my wall in my office. Okay. Uh, but obviously in 1940, uh, you know, 39, 40, when the war started. So and in 2000, there was a 60 years of uh, gap where communism destroyed everything. Wine has always been omnipresent in our life. But obviously the quality that... Um, I trade in and I drink today was simply not produced during the communist time. And I think that, um, uh, believe it or not, the wine entered my business purely on a necessity basis because I was trading in high end cognac and champagne. Okay. And they just don't generate as much cash flow. Okay. And wine came into my life and uh, I started selling wine and I had the privilege to encounter amazing wines uh, makers. And, um, and these people transform my life. And as Jamie's pointed out very correctly, you know, we change and certainly so I have to say I changed as well. And I evolved and my palate evolved uh, tremendously. Uh, a lot uh, to be said to people like Philip's father, uh, Alexandre Dorsalus, as well, uh, who, you know, taught me a lot of things over the years. And uh, people like Jean Trimbach, Pierre Trimbach, and, uh, and, and other great winemakers. And uh, when you hang out with these people, you realize that basically wine is a very, very simple thing. It's all about pleasure and uh, giving pleasure to other people. And as I said it in the beginning, these are the guys who taught me uh, that wine only needs three things, balance, balance, and balance. That's it. And that's what I live by every day. Okay. So passion for wine, definitely. What don't you like about your work? Well, what I don't like about my work is that there are, uh, and uh, still in the younger generation, um, more than in the old one, I have to say, people who get carried away, they promise you things, they give you their words, and 
they don't keep it and they come back on day one. There's nothing else I hate more when somebody tells you I'm going to do this and they come back on day one. For me, that is inexcusable. I am old fashioned okay. from that point of view. Okay. When I give you my word, unless I die, I'll do it. Which is a, a laudable thing to do. Uh, thank you, Akosh. Before we get to the people questionnaire, we're going to be uh, talking to, uh, to Jamie. Yeah, Earthling and Fire, uh, September. Why have you chosen that song? Um, so it's a song I have always loved. It just, uh, you know, to um, Tanisha's point about her song, that song comes on and I just can't not yeah. move. I have to get up. It puts me in a good mood. It puts a smile on my face. And completely um, unbeknownst to me, um, on their own, my children discovered it. Okay. And actually, it is a song that they love. And we... Um, if anybody's in a bad mood, if anybody's had a hard day, um, we actually do dance parties in the kitchen, uh, my, my, me, my kids. And um, if anybody is really resisting doing the dance party, all I have to do is put September on and everybody will join the dance party. So it's a, it's a big song in our house. Yeah, it, it, puts, it puts you in a, in, a, in a great mood. That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Jamie, where do we start? Um, now... There is a there's a seminal interview with Jamie that we had about two years ago. Uh, it, it was a long a form. Year. I think it was two years. Time no, because it was pandemic. It was June of 2020. Uh, okay, so June two. Okay. Anyway, um, beautiful interview. Uh, her her story is is you know it's it's, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> second generation uh, winemaker vintners as they say in the u.s uh actress in london theater land for some seven nine years uh seven years. inside mba okay there's a bit of a theme there okay no, no nothing <laughs> inside mafia and uh, and then uh, working uh teaching uh french people how to sell wine that was terravina uh, her consulting firm and then moving back to napa and Fast forward, Trois Noirs, so you're a winemaker. And why? Why did it take you so long? Because there was one thing you were saying, and I, I kind of remember that. It said your first internship was at Phelps, and mm -hmm. you just loved wine. You loved it so much. But you made that huge detour for like 24 years to come back and to do it. Yeah. Why? You know, honestly, I think I wasn't ready to join the family business because it was the family business. Um, I wanted to have something that was that was mine. I was very independent. Um, and so and I it was great. And honestly, even though the, it sounds like a random collection of things, all of those things that I did, all of those stops and along the way, allowed me to be the person I am today and to do things the way that I'm doing them today. And so for that, I'm just eternally grateful to have had all those wonderful experiences. Okay. And what do you love the most about what you're doing? What I love the most about what I'm doing is um, definitely the way that wine is such an incredible community um, and it brings people together and, and, you know, wine, when we share a glass of wine, you know, it's like September, things are better. So um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not to say we don't have hard days or bad days or whatever, um, but it's, uh, it's a pretty privileged and special and magical industry to work in and okay. pretty amazing people around me. And why don't you, why don't you like it? Well, bearing in mind that that's what I really love, what I really don't like um, is uh, when somebody feels that because the wine industry is a luxury, you know, wine is a luxury good, um, that it somehow needs to be exclu exclusive and exclusionary and that certain people have their place in the industry and certain people don't. Certain people have their place at the wine table and certain people don't. Um, it's ridiculous it's untrue um and it's just dumb <laughs> so okay i don't like that so there's still a lot of work to be done on that uh, inclusion diversity and having more people at the table sure. yeah well and and yeah i mean honestly it, it really is it only makes us better it only makes our community richer 
the more people we seat at the table. Okay. And I know you're working hard on that. I do my bit. Uh, before we conclude, I'm going to ask Akosh and Tanisha to join us. And we're going to do the people questionnaire for the three of you. I did it. I yeah, did it. It looks like your answers again. It, it looks like you're going to the dentist and you're going to get your your, te your teeth pulled. It's like it's a, come on, do the, do the anesthetics. Do the anesthetics quickly. <laughs> it is the, right. Okay, what is your favorite word? Yes. Akosh. Love. Jamie. Spirit. Okay, what is your least favorite word? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was creative. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have made me go first. Well, it, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, I spineless. Sorry, spineless. Indeed. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Jamie. Cruelty. Okay, your favorite virtue. Oh, in the world. <laughs> no, because I'm like, because it's because you did it before. It's like, what's in a man or in a woman? Yeah, this what's is the afterwards. Okay. Favorite virtue, um, kindness. Okay, Akosh. Honesty. Jamie. I had kindness already before you took it. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Your favorite quality in a man. Loyalty. Akosh. Indeed. Okay, Jamie. Loyalty was fun. Okay, it cut. What did you say? Can you repeat, please? I said I agree, loyalty, but I would also add fun. Okay, Jamie. Kindness. Okay. Your favorite quality in a woman? Courage. Akash? It has to be two words, power and intelligence. Fair enough. Two words is fine. Jamie? I think I actually took Akash and put them together. Fierceness. Uh, what wine would you use to describe yourself? A wine that is underrated, but amazing and uh, <laughs> appropriate for every occasion. <laughs> what wine is that? Pick one. Ah. ah, okay. Okay, kind of cryptic, but okay, we, we'll take it like that. <laughs> Gosh. You're a Certico. <laughs> okay. Greek, okay, yes. Right. <laughs> well, for, for me, it has to be by birth a Tokayasu. Tokayasu uh, okay. But any, any complex botrytis wines, just because it takes some level of intelligence to understand that wine. <laughs> and that's the same with me. Don't just judge, judge the book by its cover, as my wife always says. Uh, high esteem. It's nice. <laughs> Jimmy? I, I can co-sign on that for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I, I have to say probably something bubbly. Okay. Uh, champagne. Champagne vintage, If you I'm can. feeling Jamie. fancy. Okay. Fair enough. Now, one that I was waiting for. What's your favorite curse word? Just let it go. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or merd. I use them both equally now. Okay. Akosh? Getsy. Sorry? Exactly. Getsy. Getsy? <laughs> what the hell is that? That's a Hungarian swear word. You really want to know what it means? Yes. It means sperm, but it means an asshole risk. <laughs> <laughs> well, those Hungarian people, they have very specifics. <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this. Uh, Jamie. <laughs> I'm going to go you traditional. Want. I'm going to go traditional with fuck. Okay. <laughs> uh, it means so many things. It's a problem. I mean, you know, it it's just. Multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's Burn, our, watch, watch the video, active. Jamie. Yeah. Video about the use of the word fuck. You should watch it. I sent, I find it to you. I said it to you. It's hilarious. It's absolutely. You're gonna cry yourself. It's amazing. Awesome. Send Love it to it. all of us. Yeah, we want to laugh too. Yeah. Okay. What sound or noise do you love? Um, you know that sound when you uh your money comes out the ATM machine and it <laughs> <laughs> I like that sound. I like that sound. <laughs> that sound a lot. Uh, are we okay? <laughs> that, I like that sound. Akosh? I cannot tell you what sound I like the best, but I will stick with the cork opening up. Okay, fair enough. I don't want to know somehow. Jamie, Jamie just goes like this. Uh, yes. like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Seriously. Okay, Jamie. Okay, you know what? Steady girls. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> um, 
I think my kids' laughter. Okay, what sound or noise do you hate? Um, uh, uh, car horns. When okay. a car. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Okay. I my wife says, "Akush, we need to talk." Jamie. <laughs> uh, again, going very traditional, but fingers on a blackboard. Okay, so the screeching part. Okay, what plant or animal? What plant or animal and or animal would you like to be reincarnated in, Tanisha? A cheetah. Okay. Akosh. Has to be a lion. Once you've been in the wild, has to be a lion. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can see that you have the mane for that. I can see that as well. <laughs> I can't wear a wig. Don't worry about it. <laughs> J Jamie? <laughs> uh, dolphin. Okay, fair enough. Uh, if uh, And last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the Purdy Gates, Tanisha? Welcome! Let me show you where your people are. Okay, Akosh? Even I'm surprised you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie? <laughs> Follow that. <laughs> well, uh, wing it. <laughs> oh, good to see you. <laughs> Let me show you the cellar. Jimmy, Tanisha, Akosh, and Rave, thank you uh, very much. So this concludes uh, the wine hour for today, the finale of uh, season one. Thank you for listening. We'll be back for season two in September. Until then, uh, drink in moderation. Uh, be well and safe. Faith always. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>